0: Hey, Star Wars fans. Welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. I am your host and I'm back in the driving seat today. I'm Alex. Uh, thank you very much for joining us and with me is my good buddy, my brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Ah, even though I've not been there for two weeks, three weeks. Hey, hey we're always going to do it. <laughs> Outstanding. Um so yes listeners, I've been uh, away for, for a couple of weeks, I've missed the last two podcasts but Ali has obviously been jumping in the driving seat while I've not been here. He is actually away himself uh, this week so uh, you're just kind of going to have to settle for both Dave and I uh, this week although we do have a really packed agenda. Uh, Dave, have been listening to the podcast that you and Ali have done over the past couple of weeks, shout out to Mara uh, who took part in the podcast last week, absolutely loved it, listen to that. Uh, on the plane on the way home from the States, funnily enough, and um, yeah, really enjoyed it, it's been a good couple of weeks without, without me, I'm not sure if I should be insulted or not. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, do we need you? Oh, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> in that note, and that's the end of the Jedi podcast for this week, guys. Yeah, <laughs> we so, to be a fair, fair um, I'm glad you're back, glad you're back ooh, obviously, um, Mara
1: was, it, it was a blast doing it with Mara, to be fair, she, such a fantastic sense of humour, really joined in, and I know a lot of people, you, you, you see a lot of comments that like saying that the British sense of humour is very British, and other countries don't get it, maybe, and, and what have you, um, but no, she just joined in, it was just, yeah, it, I would say that her sense of humour was well aligned to ours. Ah,
0: oh, yeah, I did come across her in the podcast, to be fair, And you know, it was quite natural, quite flowing, which is always good. Uh, So, yeah, Mara, thank you very much for jumping on. We'll have to get you on again, I think, at some point, uh, as you are definitely a welcomed addition uh, to the team. An honorary member, shall we say. Yes. So yeah, guys, today we're going to quickly jump into a bit of a roundup of the news over the past week. It's obviously been May the 4th, so we're going to quickly touch on that as well. Uh, Not to mention there's some few bits and pieces that have come out about the Star Wars uh, solo movie. Uh, And then what we're going to jump on is to our topic of the week, which for those of you who kind of follow us on Twitter... Uh, and kind of engage, you will know that in the past week, the Jedi Council have, have taken it upon themselves to kind of launch uh, out to you all uh, our top 10 moments. So we're going to deep dive into that and some of the rationale behind our decisions. I really enjoyed that. I found it very difficult, Dave.
1: Oh, well, your, your shortlist was 35. <laughs> I was so impressed when you said, oh, OK, here's my shortlist. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we said top 10, mate.
0: <laughs> and and the irony was there were two of them that actually finished in my top 10 that weren't in that 39.
1: Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, to, to be fair, I I wrote mine. I thought, oh, no, this this is simple. This I've got mine, and then and then I thought, oh, what about that? Well actually no, that pushes that down. So I ended up with my top ten that what was in my original top ten. I would say four or five of them didn't feature in my final top ten.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I just man, got you, pushed out. Absolutely. You start thinking about everything. It's like, oh yeah, but what about this in this movie? Oh no, what about this in the Clone Wars? Oh wait, hold on. Then you got Rebels. Um, cause initially when we started doing it, I was just sticking to the films, like the, the, yeah. the, the domain nine inclusive of Rogue one. Uh, and then obviously we had a bit of chat to and fro and you had a, a, a thing from clone wars and rebels. And I was like, Oh, okay. Then that kind of makes it go bang. Uh, there's so much content that is absolutely brilliant to kind of pick from. Uh, but guys, we're going to jump into those top 10, uh, in a moment, but first a little bit of news. Um, Leading off from the podcast from last week where you guys quickly mentioned The Avengers. Uh, I know this isn't Star Wars related, but it does kind of impact some kind of things that were Star Wars related. Uh, Obviously, Avengers has been out, it's now 10, 11 days, um, and it has become the quickest movie to surpass $1 billion globally, Uh, and the reason why I'm bringing that up on the podcast is because that's beaten The Force Awakens. Um, I think The Force Awakens did it in 10 days. Uh, And actually, the the Avengers Infinity War has done it in nine. That's impressive, man. It's it's, it's a machine that just keeps on churning. We did touch
1: upon it last time. And I think what Marvel have done really well is just build up such a following with their various different characters. So some people like Iron Man, some people like Thor. I'm a massive Thor fan myself. And then you've got Black Panther, which did uh, incredibly well, better, much better than anyone anticipated when that hit. So bringing all of those various different brands together in this this one movie, it was almost like a perfect storm for them.
0: Yeah, uh, and and the way they've done the advertisement, the way they kind of drip-fed everything that's going on with with the movies, the way that they've kind of built up to this, it's been 10 years in the making, it's been... 19 films uh, to get to this point in time you know so they've had time to kind of get it right uh, and get it right they have uh, I'm a huge fan of the film um, I actually went to a midnight showing uh, while I was away so I was actually on after I did the run I'm gonna to touch on the runs in a little while guys I was on the Disney dream cruise ship um, going around the Bahamas and they showed the movie at midnight on release date as it was for in the US um, which was absolutely brilliant. <clears throat> They've got two kind of cinemas on the Disney Dream, and both of them were filled like, total to capacity. Um, I think one of them has around 250 seats. The other one's got about 300. Um, and they, So you can imagine the hype that was on there. So I managed to watch okay. it then, and I've seen it since I've come back home to the UK as well. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. And The, the thing to, to worry The False Awakens to a certain extent is that the film's not even out in China yet. Um, it doesn't come out in China until I think it's the latter part of this week um, it's only just dropped in Russia so there's still some big markets for it to get to let alone the fact that it's only 10 days old um, Age of Ultron in, in China did like 150 million they're expecting this to completely blow that out of the water so even if you assume that's going to take another 200 million in China it's going gonna, it's gonna to easily get to 2 billion obviously which is what um, The Force Awaken has done Um, one of only three films to ever get to $2 billion gross uh, globally and I think this will beat it I I genuinely think this might actually beat The Force Awakens
1: Bizarre isn't it really is how well it's done something for me I've seen lots of comments lots of people have said on the run up to this and probably over the last few years the fact that Marvel has become a little bit of a machine and I've I've seen people use the term churning out movies, because mm. they're putting out three a year, yeah, four a year yeah. at the moment, yeah. and then if you tie that into the fact that Marvel have got licensed, they've, they've got brands that they don't actually currently do movies for and are licensed elsewhere, such as Deadpool, such as the X-Men and what have you, yeah. you've got a lot of Marvel movies out there. Yeah.
0: Um, Not to mention the fact you've got all the TV shows. Um, yes. You know, yes. you've got all the. Agents of
1: S.H.I.E.L.D. is still on at the moment. Yeah. Um, season yeah. four. Yeah. Um, you've also Jessica got. Jessica Jones, season yeah, two.
0: All the Netflix shows. I think John uh, Luke Cage is dropping the end of June. Uh, Daredevil's got a third season on the way. You know. Punisher. Got, yeah. The Punisher just wrapped up, and that was kind of earlier on at this part of the year. You've then got some of the other shows that are on ABC. Yeah. Um, Uh, what are they called, Runaways, that's another Marvel show, you've got Legion on Fox, I think that's penciled for another season too, so Marvel are churning out content but the thing is, for the most part it's really good Um, it is, and I would love to see Star Wars not take a massive leaf out of the Marvel book because less is more for some things Um, but nevertheless, I know we've got the new TV show that you guys discussed on the last podcast, Resistance I think that's going to be mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I think if they did a, a live-action TV show as well, I think Star Wars would, that, that would kind of aid the kind of uh, reputation, for want of a better word, um, especially after... Something's uh, done right. Something's yeah. done
1: right. I if, think that's the important
0: think, thing. Absolutely, mate. You know, just because you're churning out loads and doing it well, that's a good thing if you're churning out loads and do it really badly, and that's a very different conversation.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why Fantastic Four bombed. Because yeah. it's not been done well. Yeah, I think the very first version of that was probably the best version that the studio ever managed to achieve. Um, and every time
0: they've relaunched it, it's just been worse than the previous. Uh, yeah, I, I think the best version of Fantastic Four is probably the animated version. Well, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, the cartoon <laughs> series, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's going to be the only one. The movies have been absolutely terrible. And I'm a massive Fantastic Four fan. They are kind of my Marvel family to a certain extent and it's kind of when I saw that film with Doctor Doom and Galactus I was like oh my god you're killing me um, yeah but uh, well, enough about yeah, well,
1: killing the movie yeah well, but i was just <laughs> say the, the, the thing is I, I'm in the camp where I would quite happily embrace Star Wars taking that that model mm. and producing more than one movie a year for me for me i I, I know there's there's quite a large camp out there that are fearful that churn becomes dross and you then get star wars fatigue Mm. i've even seen people say that already that one movie a year i'm getting star wars fatigue it's like really yeah how
0: can you
1: have fatigue one movie a year
0: yeah i mean and when you think the gap between solo coming out which is obviously in a couple of weeks to episode nine that's 18 months. <clears throat> yeah. You know, arguably, yes, it is once a year, and, and I get it. And it's, but nevertheless, it's still an 18-month gap. So you can't get fatigue with an 18-month gap, surely.
1: No. No, no, I agree. I, I, if he's done well, please give us more movies. Step it up.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that kind of ties in quite nicely to the next kind of piece that I was actually going to talk about was the Star Wars YouTube channel. Um, so over the past seven days, I've seen that the Star Wars YouTube channel, the content has just gone bananas. Um, you know there are shots that are coming through TV TV slots from from the new solo film, obviously. Um, and one thing I think the cool, our eye, Dave, what uh, arguably was the um, the tour of the Millennium Falcon by yes. Donald Glover. Um, uh, you've seen it a few times. What was your kind of opinion when you first saw it? looks so clean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he even touches the wall, doesn't he? At one point he says, this is what it looked like when Lando owned it. You know, just to really draw home the point that it changes after that point in time.
1: Oh, yes. It looks like such a nice, nice, clean, um, I don't know. Lando, obviously, Han Solo always said that he, he cared for the Falcon, he loved the Falcon, the Falcon meant everything to him. But you, you look at what it looks like while Lando had it, and it's almost like... No, m- maybe our, some of our foreign viewers may not understand this as an idea, but it's almost like when you see a treasured car, maybe a, a Ford Capri or something like that, <laughs> and the owner's had it for years, and they just cherish it, and they, just, they, they polish it every second they can. Um... They add body wax to the car and they just keep it in in this immaculate, pristine condition. And that's what it looks like Lando's doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And the way he's kind of walking through, you know, and like a cocktail bar, uh, sleeping <laughs> residence here, sleeping resi- captain's quarters with that plush double bed. Um, <sighs> <laughs> it looks so the, cool. The walking wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. No, whoa walking cape wardrobe wasn't it? Well, yes, yeah, um, yes, and that I think that was the that was the funniest thing for me. Uh, everyday cape, my sister's wedding's cape, um, international galactic empire's cape, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, oh, and just this regular cape in case somebody's cold. I'm like, the, the level of detail i have clearly thought about this is uh, absolutely hilarious. Um, and even though the snippet is only like. Two minutes long, give or take. I think it's a really good input to what we're going to see of the Millennium Falcon in solo uh, in, in the actual film and how he portrays Lando as well. Yes,
1: I agree. I agree. And gives you an insight into what Lando is and what he's like.
0: Yeah, you know, the fact that he's got like, that cocktail maker and his, his, effect, his, my sound system as well. That's another thing that he mentions. I'm like, you know, this is going to be like a party ship. Um, yes. Uh, dare I say it? Have you seen, um, the Lego, uh, is it, is it? Is it oh, where, yes. where it. Where it's him and his dad who, yes. And it's like a party millennium Falcon with the disco balls and the party vibe and the music on in the background. I'm not saying the Yoda be, Chronicles. <laughs> that's it. Yes. The Yoda Chronicles. That's it. Um, I don't think it will be like that, but nevertheless, you kind of think it might get that kind of vibe about it. <laughs> oh, the
1: disco ball. Yes. For the massive um, afros,
0: absolutely. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think even his dad's name is something like Brando or something like that, just to, <laughs> to continue yes. that kind of feel. But that, the, the, Yeah. So the Star Wars YouTube channel has obviously been churning out a hell of a lot of content, and um, it's brought out like seven. I'm, I'm looking at their feed now, and it's like seven, seven videos, even though they're only short snippets. But nevertheless, it just emphasises they're really starting to drive the hype uh, around Solo and I'm I'm really getting excited about this film I don't know about you Dave
1: oh I've got my tickets already
0: oh no I need to book mine yes um, Ali uh, if, if I don't speak to you Ali uh, previous co-host before this goes on air um, yes I will book them I need to book them for us whoops <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I might edit that out and add that to the blooper reel uh, <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so, so I've, yeah, I've got it at 12.01am on the 24th. Uh,
0: yeah, release date, brilliant. Yes, Yeah. 3D, IMAX, looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I will be if I can get tickets. Okay, um, <laughs> my faux pas aside. Um, yeah, well, high- well,
1: tied into that um, news to do with Solo, I have seen reports that the level of interest in the movie and pre-bookings of tickets, is down on, on maybe what Lucasfilm anticipated. Down? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so it, it isn't as high as they would have hoped, maybe. That's a shame. Hmm. But, I don't know. Like, are you? Uh, there were a number of fans who were upset by The Last Jedi. I don't know if that's still playing a part.
0: I think there was an up, uh, quite a few fans that were up that they're doing a Han Solo movie.
1: Um,
0: yes,
1: well. and a different character, well, well, a different actor. But then you're just going to be a different actor, isn't it? A, yeah. you, you've got the people who just hate it because Disney.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, that annoys me. Um, you know, you've got people that say they used to love Star Wars before Disney, and then Disney have taken over, and then they really hate it now. I'm not well. Disney have brought out three films. The Force Awakens was good. Rogue One was awesome. awesome. The Last Jedi, alright, that sucked. So, (laughs) kind of like two out of three isn't bad, and the whole management
1: of. That's what, to be fair, that's what Meatloaf said.
0: Well, (laughs) it's like, I don't mean to be funny, but you've got this massive brand that they've bought, and they are doing it right, in my opinion. You know, what they're doing in the theme parks, this is me going on a rant, apologies. You know the way that they're bringing Star Wars into the scene in the theme parks with Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge in California and in Florida, the extension in Paris, the way that they are bringing out the content and hyping it the way that they are. I don't, I don't dislike Disney. Um, the one thing that I question is their input into The Last Jedi. One would like to think that they've seen that and gone, we should have probably got involved a little bit earlier. Um, I don't know. But we know that the, uh, the original directors for Solo were cast aside very quickly and Ron Howard's obviously come in to reshoot uh, initially we heard it was going to be a little bit but ultimately it now mm. seems to be he's reshoot quite a lot um, of the movie so i like to think that
1: but he has played that down he's still said that he's, he's kept a lot of key parts mm. and he, he's actually been quite respectful of the, the the parties that left
0: well yeah and I think like the the Millers who were previously there they, you know they're getting a is it a production or like a Associated director credit on the movie as well, so he yeah, you know, they are, they're yeah. getting a a name drop. It may not be as as, as much as they probably wanted, uh, but nevertheless, you know, I think that that's a good thing. And again, I mean, you never know what goes on behind closed doors, right? But I, I think Disney are doing a good job. You know, we've got Rebels, that was a great TV show. Um What's? and we've got this new Resistance show, which you know the rumors are. It sounds like it's going to be really good. So the, the whole Disney beef, I don't get it. And I think the the kind of another piece of news that kind of gets linked into this is I don't know if it was today or over the weekend, but Mark Hamill apparently has made a bit of a boo boo, um, and he was talking about the solo film, um, saying that he's like quite excited about it, and apparently he's gone, and Anthony Daniels is really excited as he's in Solo. Whoops! Now, if Anthony Daniels is in Solo. The only character he can play, let's be honest, is three PO. So that means three PO is in solo. I've been racking my brain: <laughs> how are they going to get him in there? What do you think? Plus plus. Well, they they belonged to Leia at the time, didn't they?
1: Both droids.
0: Captain Antilles, wasn't it?
1: Well, Captain Antilles. But, well, yeah. sort of. But they. I mean, when you look at the Rebels TV show, they were associated with her. Yeah. But when you think... went on some of the clandestine ops that she did.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you think, I mean, in A New Hope, 3PO and R2 don't know Han. Han doesn't know Leia. Um, True. So how are they going to piece that? I mean, I'm interested now to see this because we all know that R2 and 3PO have been in every single Star Wars movie. And if Mark Hamill's faux pas... Is true uh, that would obviously mean that they're in all of them uh, <clears throat> with Rogue true. One. With Rogue One, I think it was easier to manage to imagine how they'd actually be in the movie because, like you know, part of the the, the Alliance, uh, sorry, the visit, the rebellion, layers of Ghana. Yeah, I kind of understood how they could fit that in, unless yeah. Han meets some of the rebels. I don't know in their early phases. Um,
1: you never know. I no, I don't know. I don't know how they'll, they'll fit that in. Um, from a continuity perspective, let's face it, according to Old Man in A New Hope, he had never owned a droid before in his life, and he didn't know the R2 unit. True. And then, obviously, he did know it. <laughs>
0: oh, quite very, well. very intimate, not intimately, yes, well, but very, very well. Yeah. yeah, we shall see. I suppose.
1: Mm, we shall. And if, if it's Mark Hamill that's dropped that, right? I, I we, we're using the term a little bit of a, a, a booby. But to be fair, he's too practiced. He's too too much of a showman. <laughs> if He's dropped a hint like that. It won't have been an accident. Yeah, that that's kind of what it, I was thinking as well.
0: It,
1: yeah, it, it, it may not have been endorsed by Lucasfilm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, accidentally on purpose. Yeah, um, but it, yeah, it wouldn't have been an accident. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think the, the the last piece that we was going to quickly touch on was, uh, as of recording, today is May 7th, which obviously means three days ago. Uh, it was May the 4th. So to all of our listeners, May the 4th be with you, and of course to yourself, Dave. And to you.
1: What did you get up to on May the Fourth of Anything? I got lucky. Um, my, my boys' school was on holiday that day. Um, we had local elections the day before, so their school was a polling station. Because ah. we've, we had a bank holiday Monday as well, the school just decided, you know what, we'll close on the Thursday for polling. We'll take Friday as a teacher training day. Um, because we know for a fact loads of parents will just disappear with their kids because they've got a five day weekend. Oh, wow. So rather than put parents in an awkward position, uh, the school's just closed on a Friday as well.
0: Oh, awesome. So you had a nice so weekend? T- yeah.
1: So I took a day's holiday um, and I spent the day with the boys. We went into Manchester. I had a couple of things out to do from uh, uh, just just things I needed to get. But it also allowed us to have a look in the Disney store. We went into Lego shop. We went into a couple of toy shops, um, made a couple of purchases. Um, So yes, um, I'm I'm fairly happy with how May the 4th went, if that makes sense.
0: You got a good haul?
1: Yes, yes. Um, I'm hoping to do a Lego build um, at some point over the next Week or so, so I'm not going to say what I've got. To be fair, um, and what we'll do is we'll we'll put out a few pictures of it being built, and let's see if people can guess what it is.
0: That is a cracking idea, uh, and I'm actually going to be doing the same. <clears throat> so uh-huh. yeah, so for my May the Fourth, uh, my May the Fourth was actually rather dull. Dare I say it? Um, <clears throat> I was at work. I went to work wearing a Star Wars T-shirt and a pair of Star Wars socks. <laughs> I think that was my level of Star Warsism <laughs> um, for that for that day. Sadly, um, but while I was away, um, I managed to pick up a few bits and pieces while I was in Disney World, and I too picked up a Lego set, which I won't be revealing. Uh, I'm hoping to do the build next Saturday uh, at some point, uh, so like, I've got a bit of a, a few days to kind of get some bits and pieces sorted out. But yeah, so I picked up a set. Uh, and again, I'll be doing a a a, a, a build session, uh, posting it on Twitter uh, <clears throat> to what you just said, Dave, and kind of see if our if our uh, followers can find out what we've actually been building. Fantastic. And in addition to that, just just on the topic of halls, I managed to pick up um, one of the new vintage card three and three quarter action figures. Um, it's a first order stormtrooper on a vintage card Force Awaken backing, uh, and you, you know me, Dave. I've got a massive panache for the vintage card look, uh, <laughs> so I managed to pick up one of those, and I'm absolutely delighted with it. I know it sounds really lame; it's just a, an action figure, right? But the way that kind of again, this goes back to what Disney are doing with the the, the handling of the franchise. They're listening to the fans. They're bringing out these vintage back vintage carded action figures, um, and they look amazing. Uh, so Is that Hasbro,
1: though, or Disney?
0: It's it's Hasbro, but when you look on the back of the packaging, uh, it's still like in the vintage style, but in the bottom right-hand corner, where you've got the Hasbro labels, it's also got the Disney branding on it as well. Yes. I have got to include that now, haven't they? Yeah, definitely, whereas when you look at the original um, vintage card backings that I've got, so I've got some of the re-releases that were in, in the 2000s. Um, when you look at that, obviously Disney didn't haven't bought it at that point in time, Uh, so it was still just purely like a Hasbro Kenner look and feel, whereas on the new ones, they've obviously got Disney on the back end, same with the 40th edition vintage card 6-inch action figures that they released uh, last year as well, similar kind of back end, looking really cool, the the old school look and feel of Star Wars, but again, in the bottom right-hand corner where you've got the Hasbro um, label, it's also got the Disney branding all over it, at the bottom, Mm -hmm. so yeah, um, I was quite happy with that. I kinda of, I think they kinda of made up for me not get anything on, on, on May the fourth, uh, to be honest with fair you. Enough. <laughs> I, well
1: to be fair, I also managed to get my hands on the first uh solo piece of merchandise. So I've got a um, oh, I can't remember what they're called now. Um the new stormtroopers, the ones in the really heavy armour.
0: Oh, the ones that were in like snow jackets.
1: Yes, yeah, the, yeah. The big serum I The
0: the, help the, the, the <laughs> my brain is completely gone. Um, I know. Yeah, the, Mid- uh, the Midian, is it the Mibian trooper or something like that? No,
1: it's not. It's not the Mibian one, and it's not the Mud trooper. The is Mud trooper like looks
0: an, amazing. Something like an
1: out. It's really annoying me now. I can't remember what it's called, but I've got the first one of So in the Black series, uh, six inch
0: oh nice
1: so he can go with the rest I've not taken them out actually yet but he can go with the rest of my Imperial Black Series 6 inches
0: uh, again that was going to be my, my question are you going to unbox them yes yeah. <laughs> uh, oh it's the range, <laughs> it the, oh, the range trooper that's it range, yeah, trooper. range yes. trooper yeah the range trooper yeah I must admit the, the the two troopers that they've shown the, the range trooper and the mud trooper look absolutely spot on uh, in solo I think that the styling looks really good um, and the more I see the trailers the more I'm thinking yeah this is actually going to be a really cool film
1: I agree I agree it looks like it's been done right
0: absolutely so I think that kinds of that, that wraps up the news for this week Dave unless there's anything that I forgot Well
1: no I think that's it for news cool.
0: um, let's jump into the topic of the week.
1: Well, I was going to say, you did touch upon your runs
0: Indeed, whilst I did. you were out in yeah. Florida. Yeah, so for those for those listeners who listened to the podcast um, two weeks ago, uh, I did a bit of a sound clip. Uh, I dialed in to the to the show just to kind of give some uh, update of, of what happened. But I'm going to go into a bit more detail today. So Run Disney are an arm of the Disney brand, for those of you that don't know. Uh, And they organise marathons, half marathons, 10Ks and 5Ks uh, throughout some of the Disney parks all over the world. Initially, it kicked off in Florida. Uh, They do the Disney World uh, full marathon in January every year. And I think that's kind of their flagship uh, event, as it were. And over the past few years, the the Run Disney events have got huge. Um, They then started to do some over in California. Uh, where they did like a, a Californian half marathon, and then as obviously the, the kind of vibe for these runs became slightly more popular, they then introduced more runs throughout the year. Uh, some of the some of the runs that are still in Florida, you have like a Princess Half Marathon, uh, which is obviously based on the likes of Cinderella, Snow White, etc., etc. Um, you then get a uh, a food and wine half marathon so uh, at the end of the september october november time uh, the the park yeah so they actually have a food and wine festival um in in florida so one of the parks for that kind of two three months of the year becomes this food and wine festival where you can sample foods from all over the world and drink from all over the world and right at the end of it kind of at the back end of november, early part of november sorry they have the wine and dine half marathon where you do like a three-course challenge. So your first course is a 5K, your second course is a 10K, and then your third course is your half marathon. Uh, so again, Oof. they, they, they do, and it's kind of a Remy Ratatouille themed because obviously Ratatouille is a massive um, yes. Disney film for food. And so then over the years, they started to introduce other ones. So on the on the West Coast, they introduced the Avengers because obviously they bought Marvel, so they had an Avengers uh, marathon weekend. And then obviously when they bought Star Wars, they introduced a Star Wars-themed marathon. I think the first one was in 2016, and it was the Dark Side Challenge, and that was based in Florida. They didn't introduce the Light Side Challenge over in California. So again, the the, the way that Disney are kind of handling the brands and hyping it up and whatnot is is absolutely brilliant. So my wife and I had done a couple of rounds. We did the Walt Disney World Half Marathon uh, back in 2016, and that was the first time I'd ever done it. We absolutely loved it um we then did a couple more so they've now introduced some runs into the disneyland paris park over in france uh we've done that for the last two years we did the inaugural uh, in 2016 we ended last year which is obviously 2017 and again we've signed up to do it again in 2018 uh the runs are really well done you run around the theme parks as well which kind of makes it really interesting because you're kind of looking at it from a vibe and eyes that you've never done it before you've got people oh. cheering you on uh you're seeing the theme park after dark as it were, uh, but what they do is obviously they turn all the lights on, they turn on some of the rides to kind of give you something to look at. Um, so it's really, really cool. me being the massive Star Wars fan that I am, uh, and my wife knew this uh, <laughs> uh, in and around this time last year, we kind of had an idea we'd like to sign up for another one, uh, so we did. So uh, the back end of April, uh, we flew out to Orlando, and we was there for we we're actually there for a total of around 10 days. Uh, The first couple of days, we went to the Expo. So the Expo is where you go to pick up your race bibs, uh, your T-shirts. So obviously, when you sign up, you get an awesome kind of run T-shirt that they give you uh, for our YouTube, sorry, not YouTube, uh, for our um, uh, Twitter and Instagram followers. Uh, There's a few pictures of them on our Twitter feed. You know, if you want to reference them, jump on and have a quick look. We'll also tweet some out uh, on the back of the show once it's released, again, just to kind of make it a bit more relative. Um, and obviously within the expo you can buy additional running t-shirts you can buy trainers it's like a big running shop uh, to be honest with you uh, and obviously run disney theme a lot of their product star wars related so i picked up quite a few uh, bits and pieces which is pretty cool uh, and again my haul again is on twitter and we can kind of retweet that for you guys as well so then on the friday uh, which is the day of the first run uh, i got up at a stupid hour of 2.30 in the morning um, where we have to actually be at the race start line by like 4 o'clock in the morning. The race itself yeah, the race itself doesn't start until half five, but they want to make sure that they get all the runners in, um, in their corrals. So obviously you give them a time at how quickly you think you'll complete the race. And then you get put in a bunch of people who will do it at the same time with you, basically. So... <laughs> They then herd you (laughs) into your corrals, um, try to get you warmed up a little bit. For for anyone that knows or has been to Star Wars Celebration or previously to Star Wars Weekends, uh, to kind of hype up the runners before, there was DJ Elliot, uh, also known as kind of the Disney DJ or DJ Lobot, uh, for those of us that have been to Celebration, Um, and a guy called Mark Daniels, who's like the hype man. Uh, We were fortunate enough that we saw both of them over in Celebration in Germany and they were over for a celebration in London as well. So I, I kind of knew who they were. So it was really good to see them. Uh, and then again, they were playing some Star Wars tracks in and around, kind of pop music and dance music to kind of get all the runners uh, involved, which is really cool. And then also before the, every single race, you get the opportunity to have your picture taken with villains. So obviously this is the Dark Side Challenge. So therefore, all the people you can have your picture taken with were bad guys, apart from BB-8. I don't know why. <laughs> he was the only good guy you could have your picture taken with. Um, Maybe
1: there's something that we don't know for episode nine.
0: Oh, oh could you imagine? He becomes, like, he's like a double agent. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you could have your picture taken with BB-8. Um, but also from kind of the sequel trilogy, you had Captain Phasma, you know Kylo Ren. Uh, from the original trilogy, you had Darth Vader, Boba Fett, and they also had like a massive... Statue, now statue is probably the wrong word, uh, puppet of Jabba the Hutt as well. Mm. Yeah, so you could kind of meet them, you'd queue up, get your pitch taken again. It's a good way to kill some time before the run. Then you do your run. Um, so I did that on the, the Friday, which was the 5k, and then did it all over again on the Saturday, which was the 10k, and then did it all over again on the Sunday, which was the half marathon. So yeah, we did all three races. That was me and my wife. Uh, did it doing a total of thirty six point one kilometers over those three races um and a lot of you might be thinking hey that's impressive, but why on earth would you do so um So I was actually raising money uh for a charity um so early on in the year, one of my good pals uh passed away he was suffering with cancer for the last four or five years um <clears throat> and he actually kind of passed away quite suddenly at the start of the year uh he was in a hospice for a while. Um, and they were looking after him. So the charity that I'm I'm actually raising money for, I'm still raising it now, uh, is for the St. Christopher Hospice uh, in Sydenham, which is in South London. Um, they looked after my buddy in his last few days, uh, and they did an amazing job. So all the money that I'm raising a, is for them, but in memory of my, my friend as well. So it kind of meant quite a lot. Getting over the finish line, doing the 36.1 kilometres, uh, it was not just a relief that I'd done it, but it was a big thing for me to have done Uh, Both physically, because that's a a long way. Um, 36.1 kilometres, I think, all in all, uh, is around 22 miles. So I'm only a couple of miles off to doing a full marathon.
1: I was (laughs) going to say, it's it's about three quarters of a full marathon. Yeah, so. uh, I, I still think you should have done another 5k on the Monday afterwards. And that would have taken you up to the, the full marathon
0: then. <laughs> as, uh, as much as I probably would have liked to, uh, my legs would have disagreed <laughs> quite badly. Um, so, And it also would have been difficult because the day after uh, was when my wife and I got on a cruise. Uh, I touched on the cruise earlier on in, in the podcast, guys, where I actually saw uh, Infinity War. But we did a four-day cruise afterwards just to basically completely chill out. We just crashed on the Sun lounger for about four days, uh, drinking some right. beer and some cocktails. So it was a nice way to recover. Uh, but it was a wonderful experience. And for those of you who are interested in running or obviously love Star Wars, you know, these events are awesome. Uh, it's a really good way to engage with fans. There were members of the 501st uh, that were running as well. I actually saw a guy dressed up in doing the 10K in a full-on Death Trooper costume. Um, oh carrying a gun like the big guns that they have as well um and i had nothing but respect for this guy um but you know there were people in costume fancy dress cosplay you name it really random crossovers um i saw a princess leia elsa from frozen um <laughs> Yeah, you know, some really odd kind of crossovers. Quite a lot of Praetorian Guards, which I was quite happy about. Because from The Last Jedi, I think they were they were one of the big things that I took took away as a good thing. Um, so, yeah, I saw a guy dressed in a whole Praetorian Guard outfit, uh, even including the um, the Disney kind of, you know, the toy that you can buy in the Disney store, uh, which is yes. their, their, their Axe vibro blade type things? Um, carrying one of them uh, <clears throat> all the way around the 10K race. So... Uh, you know, there's me moaning about doing it just, just in normal running gear, whereas these guys are completely dressed head to toe in in, in cosplay and doing an absolutely amazing job. So it's such a good Wait. thing. Um, and the these. I was just saying, just, just just
1: as a side mm-hmm. on that force axe or the the vibro axe thing, um, Disney are selling them for about ten pound in store at the moment. They've worked twenty seven pound.
0: Wow, that's quite that's a massive discount.
1: It is, and I and I know this, because when I was wandering around on May 4th, um, I had my, my boys with me, and William picked up the executioner's weapon, but both of them were reduced down to £10.
0: Wow. Uh, um, yeah, considering it's still only a few months, a few weeks after the DVD release, that's quite a quick decrease in... Uh... In probably for that. Well, that goes back to the kind of podcast that we had a few weeks ago where we touched on the declining sales of, of like the action figures and toys for, for the movie, yeah. right? And you know, this can be a prime example of what may or may not be happening from a retail perspective. It
1: could be that like they're making space for the Infinity War stuff.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'll tell you what, it's really strange. So, obviously, being in Disney World, I was imagining there'd be a huge amount of Marvel Infinity War product. And there wasn't. I was... And obviously we was there before the movie came out, during the period that it released as well. Um, I mean, there was the odd bit here and there, obviously, um, but there was not as much as I thought. Um, In Disney Springs, uh, which is like the entertainment district in in Disney World, they actually have a Marvel shop. Um, So everything in there is is Iron Man, Captain America, uh, next door to a Star Wars shop. And I went in both, obviously. um, And even in the Marvel store. There was a few bits here and there that was uh, Infinity War related, but it was still predominantly the Avengers uh, animated show us on the Disney Channel and Black Panther. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, it was very strange that they decided to do that. The one thing I did pick up, this isn't Star Wars related at all, is they have a <laughs> limited edition magic band. Um, and for, for the listener, the magic band is something you get when you stay at a Disney hotel in Disney World. It's your room key. But you wear it on your wrist. It also lets you get into the park and lets you charge stuff to your room. Uh, so it, it's basically your life. You could probably go in and around the Disney World area without a wallet, and you don't because everything you can just charge to this Magic Band. And they had an Infinity War special limited edition. Though you've only made three thousand, uh, so I managed to pick one of those up, and it's absolutely superb. It's got Thanos on one side, and it's got the uh, Infinity Gauntlet. On the other um, Very nice. Yeah not, I'm not going to wear it I'm just going to have it in my, in my Geek Room collection With my other Marvel stuff That I've got um, But I digress <laughs> um, Being there for Star Wars Was great So uh, listeners You know If you're into your running uh, And you love Star Wars I would highly recommend Getting involved The Disney runs Are just absolutely epic um, Plus you get to go To Disney World um, Which is even better So yeah. for, for anybody Who
1: can't travel as well They do the virtual ones
0: yeah great shout so they've they 've cited this recently because they 've actually no longer do the runs in California so with the development of um, Star wars land uh, galaxy 's edge in california there 's a lot of roads that have been closed because they 're now building the newer part of the of the park and for anyone that 's kind of been or hasn 't been, the parks in Anaheim aren 't huge in comparison to the likes of Florida because you're in the middle of South LA to a certain extent. Um, So they can't really go a lot from a development perspective. So what they've done with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, they've closed off some of the roads. And Disney actually got into a dispute with the local, um, local council, local government, to say that we now want to close off some more roads for a weekend because we've got a couple of runs coming along. And they've basically turned them down. So the might of Disney have had to stop having these run Disney events in California... Because the Anaheim District Council have said you're not allowed to close the roads because it's going to be way too busy. Oh. So, yeah, so with that, um, they've introduced these virtual half marathon runs uh, predominantly for Star Wars, but there might be a few more where you can run a half marathon at home uh, between, so for this year anyway, it was between like the middle of January and the end of March. Uh, you can either do it in one run or you can do like a couple of miles here and a couple of miles there. You submit your form onto their website and they will send you a virtual medal. Uh, sorry, no, it's a real medal for your virtual half marathon. So I did that as well. So for, for, for the guys that have seen the pictures of the medals that I shared uh, on Twitter, that was the Poe Damron medal because that was the light side run that I managed to do. And again, you guys... I really like that one. Yeah, I know you was gutted you couldn't do it, Dave, because of your injury. Yes, yes. Yeah, fuming. Fuming. Well, the good news is that they're doing it again next year. So, between kind of like the middle of January to the back end of March, uh, they're going to have this Star Wars virtual half marathon that you can do. Again, guys, listeners, uh, Dave in particular, Andy was quite keen on this as well. You can sign up, you can do a couple of miles here, a couple of miles there, and it kind of makes you feel like you're doing it, and they send you this brilliant Star Wars medal at the end of it as well.
1: No, I'll sign up for it next year. I was, uh, everything was prepped for it for... Damaged my ankle.
0: So. <laughs> well, yeah, you want to make sure your ankle's better before you start doing all that, mate, obviously.
1: It's, it's there. It's, it's, it's getting there. I'm planning to start running again over the next month. So I think by the end of May, I will be running. Awesome. Slowly, but I'll be running. <laughs> it,
0: every, every mile is magic, uh, according to Disney. So, uh, uh, mm. yeah, so I think you'll be all good for that one. So that, that's my roundup of where I've been for the past couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, not being on the podcast, um, and I think it would be a good moment now, Dave. What do you think to jump into our topic of the week? Yes, yes, good call. I'm handing over to you on this one. Oh God,
1: right. Okay, you didn't warn me about one before <laughs> we were talking Keep before it this. On your toes. Right, okay. So, um, as part of our May the fourth uh, tweets, we, Andy, Alex, and myself. Try to put together our top 10 moments from Star Wars. Um, and that was the films, the TV shows. Um, I suppose we could have gone wider than that. We didn't, but we, but you've got the comics, you've got the books. Um, it's massive. Um, so each of us attempted to pull together our top 10 moments. Um, we stuck just to TV and film. Um, your initial shortlist was, what, 35?
0: 39.
1: Um, 39. <laughs> uh, but you managed to get it down to 10 eventually. Um, I've I've got my 10 and, and Andy got his 10. So, the, the thing that struck home when... Because we we've been talking about this earlier in the week. Yeah. we are say, wouldn't it be cool if we put together a list of our top 10 and we do that for May 4th and, and just, just tweet it out there and just see if anyone's interested. And we got some fantastic responses, which we will cover off. Um, but it, it's only when you actually start to try putting together your top 10 that you realise that your top 100 is probably <laughs> going to be closer to it.
0: Yeah, that's there obvious, are so many things. Yeah, I... I tried to be quite methodical in my approach. I was like, right, I'm going to take each movie. I'm going to write down what are my favourite moments from each movie. So I started to do yes. that. And then we had a chat. And then I saw that you had something from Rebels uh, with Kanan and his lightsaber. And I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. Are you talking about Rebels, Clone Wars, and also <laughs> Rogue One? And like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, right, okay. So the 39 that I first did, I kind of limited just a couple of slots for Clone Wars and Rebels after that, but the rest are for the movies. And I was like, how am I going to get this 39 down to 10? And then the 10 that I did have, two of the ones that are in my 10 weren't in my 39. Because to your point, the more you think about this, the more you realise that Star Wars has got so many golden moments. And I think we we as fans are, we take things quite, Personal. So there are things that happen in the movie that actually resonate with us personally. We have our favourite characters. So I think you'll notice in my particular 10, there's quite a few that cover off some of my favourite characters and also some of my favourite films. Yet if you relate to a particular character, they're clearly going to draw to you. And I think that 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 is the struggle of getting the top 10 moments of Star Wars. If you'd have said to me, top 10 of A New Hope, that would have been difficult enough. <laughs> let yeah. alone 10 for each movie and then whittling it down which is what I tried to do ultimately
1: I, I, I remember I drew up my list and I thought right, okay those are my 10 and then I, 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 because if, if you have a look at our website, so if you go onto the Jedi Council uh, so it's www.the-jedi.council.com and then forward slash top ten moments, uh, or top ten, sorry, top ten, um, you'll actually see our top ten. And initially, I just wrote down what they were. So for me, it was things like um, opening scene from uh, the original Star Wars movie. Um, and then when you, you go back and start to try and expand upon it for a little bit more detail in the which which scene it is, my top ten there were about four or five things that were in my top ten initially that are no longer in my top ten because I just started adding more and more mo- moments to it. And so, yeah, they probably ended up something like positions 29 to 30, to, to 35 type of thing. It's just, it's, it's, there's so many great moments in the movies. And, yeah, when you pull it all together, it just... Yeah. So... If we go through, I'm, I'm obviously not going to do these to death because you can go online and have a quick look at them, but uh, for me, I mean, as you said, there's different bits and there's different things and in different ways they resonate with different people. So where one person might go for this, one else will go for something different, or you may even go for the same for different reasons because mm. it hits you in a different way. Um, so I would suggest maybe we pull a couple of our favourites and just explain why for us they work does that make sense
0: absolutely yeah uh, I'm happy to go first um, yeah I think my my, my number one uh, and you and you guys can obviously see this is when you have the battle the fight between Obi-Wan Kenobi Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul um, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast but I'm a massive Darth Maul fan it's probably the first really <laughs> Um yeah, I I I don't know what it is, but I resonated to Darth Moore the moment I saw him uh, on film in in the in the Phantom Menace. Um and for all of the issues that people have with, with the Phantom Menace, and you know, there are some, don't get me wrong, but I, I enjoy it. I, I think it's a very good film. He is one thing for me that has stood out as being this absolute demon of a man, as it were. Um, and that fight scene, I think, is probably the best lightsaber fight scene in any of the Star Wars movies, and probably, inclusive of that, the Clone Wars and the Rebels TV shows. Um, I, I kind of separate animated from real life, because an animated lightsaber scene, you can do so much more because it's not real. Uh, I know Star Wars has a good thing to try and keep things slightly more grounded, um, but nevertheless, I think in the movies, this for me personifies why Sidious put him into this position. This pure thing that is anger, hatred and power has kind of come into the foray here. And the way that he just tops off Qui-Gon Jinn, spoiler alert, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn dies. <laughs> um, but I think that that piece, but then as part of that whole Process you see Obi Wan Kenobi become a better Jedi because of what happened to Qui Gon Jinn. Well, that's my opinion anyway. Um, so for me, that that scene encompasses my favourite bad guy and one of my favourite good guys, which is Obi Wan Kenobi, kind of growing into that particular role that he plays very well across all of them. And I think that that that, that is my favourite moment for Star Wars, and I can watch that scene over and over and over again. Um... And personally, I really wish that they didn't cut in and out of the action on the other parts of Naboo, <laughs> and then came back to the lightsaber scene. I just, I'd love that in a whole chunk just to watch it, and I would happily watch that over and over again. There must be an
1: edited version on YouTube
0: somewhere. Yeah, there's bound to be. Uh, I think there's bound to be. Um, so that's my that's my number one. Um, I think the other two that I'm going to quickly touch on. So I'm only going to touch on three of these. Mm-hmm. The one, the one that I didn't kind of think of until. Ironically, until I listened to your podcast that you did last week with Mara and Ali uh, on droids, um, and one thing that stood out for me was that in, across the whole saga, no droid has kind of jumped out at me the way it did than K2 from Rogue One. I, I love R2, I love BB-8, I love Chopper. Uh, that, that kind of droid is really cool. C-3PO is hilarious, but he's a bit of an idiot. Uh, Um, but K2, by the time Rogue One finished, K2 became my favourite droid, I think, across the whole saga. So that's my two pennies worth on last week's, um, but the reason why I love K2 is because he's like me in the fact that he's ridiculously sarcastic, um, I am way too sarcastic for my own good, I know that, um, but nevertheless, I kind of related to him the way that he speaks to like Jin. you know, um. I'm only here because Cassian said I had to <laughs> you know things like that um, but the scene for me that got it was his final stand um, when he's defending the, the vault where Jin uh, and, and Cassian are trying to find the death, death star plans and he's taking out all these stormtroopers um, and I, we were sitting next to each other if you remember correctly Dave um, at the Rogue Wait. One midnight show and I I don't know if you can remember this, but when he died, or does he die? When he got shut down, or whatever the (laughs) the correct term is. I actually leant forward. I think he died, I think he died. I I leant forward, and I had my hands over my mouth, over my face. And you turned around and said to me, are you alright? And my answer to that was, no. I wasn't. It's the first time I've ever seen a droid get taken out. But he was so heroic, he was absolutely brilliant. And it actually, uh, I didn't well up, but I I got quite emotional. I was like, this guy, this droid was was holding his own against all these stormtroopers and was a hero. And even to the way that his voice kind of droned out at the end of it, like, I was like, oh man, this this droid got to me. And I think that's another one of my favourite scenes across the whole saga because of the, the emotional feeling that I had when I watched it, even when I watch it now, um, I, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe he's going. <laughs> it's so weird. It's it's a droid. It's in a Star Wars film. You kind of have these emotional connections with, with characters, but it's the first time I kind of felt that with a droid. Um, does that make me a bit weird? No,
1: no. Well, no more so than I always
0: thought you were. <laughs> Excellent. Good to know. Um, and, and I think the final scene I'm going to touch on of the three, um, was it's actually a scene from Rebels? So this is my number eight uh, in my list. Um, this is in the episode of *Twilight of the Apprentice* in season two finale, where Ezra is standing on the edge of a platform, and in the in the distance we see a Tie Fighter approaching him, and standing on top of the Tie Fighter is Darth Vader. And I'm like, could you be any more cool? (laughs) (laughs) His entrance in Rogue One is great, and that's on my list as well. But this entrance for me was like, wow. Um, uh, I've seen it kind of mimicked in, in, in the comics, but to see it in live action in Rebels... I must admit, I, I felt like a little kid. When I saw this and I was watching it, I was like, no way! Did he just do that? I got so excited. So this had to be on my list. Um, again, it kind of emphasises the complete bad guy that Vader is, but effortlessly so cool at the same time. Uh, that had to be had to be on my list and, and make it into my top ten. Okay. So that, that's a quick snapshot of, the, of just three that I randomly picked out, uh, for me Dave what about
1: you mate ok um, well I'm going to go with my number one so my, my top moment is you've just had the fanfare music you've just because I'm, I'm still reliving it from when it was released by um, 20th Century Fox so you had the massive 20th Century Fox fanfare and then you launched into the original Star Wars music and then you have the opening scroll, um, and then it, it it cuts to the scene where the Tantive 4 flies into view with laser bolts hurtling backwards and also coming forwards at it. You don't know what's what it is initially, and then you just have this Death Star, appear, uh, sorry, um, uh, Star Destroyer, appearing above you, and it just goes on for ever and ever and ever as it slowly just just appears. And it just gives such a sense of scale to the size of a star destroyer um, as it as it slowly moves into view, and it gives you an overwhelming sense of how massive the Imperial war machine must be. Uh, Without even knowing what the Empire is, to see something like that, you you have no idea what the Empire is at this stage. It's the it was the very first movie I ever saw. I was I was about four maybe five years old at the time i'd never been to the cinema ever in my life this was the the first instance i'd ever been into a cinema and then just to have this massive thing just appear above you and just glide into view so for me that's my number one it is my first my first memory of star wars
0: yeah, and that goes back to the whole, the way the films affect us emotionally, doesn't it? It's the first yeah. thing you see. And yeah, it, it's funny because obviously my my first ever Star Wars film that I saw was Return of the Jedi um, on a VHS. So <laughs> I, n- I never saw it in the cinema. So I didn't get that wow moment to a certain extent uh, until obviously the prequel trilogy were in the cinema. Yes.
1: I'd say, given my age, the opening scroll, I probably didn't even read it. <clears throat> so, so for me, that's why that bit probably doesn't stick in my mind because I was too young to read yeah. um, the the galaxies at war bit. So, yeah, so I think that's 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 why it's it's the emotional attachment I have to that movie, the emotional attachment I have to my very first Star Wars experience. Um, so for my my second one, I'm going to discuss. It's the same one as you, to be fair, um, but in a different way. Um, so your very first one, I think that you touched upon, was the Obi Wan Kenobi Qui Gon Jinn versus yeah. Darth Maul on on in the Palace of the feed. Now that moment for me is also a a, a massive part of the movies for me, um, but in a different way. You've got. You've got the scene where all of the... You've you got the princess, uh, well, the queen, sorry, and her bodyguards and doubles and what have you, and you've got the Jedi, and they've invaded the palace, um, and all of a sudden these blast doors open up, and in the background you've got the Jewel of the Face musical score ringing in the background, but it's a very low-level yeah. note that's yeah. just, just it's, it's, it's almost like background noise, you, you don't really get it, but you know it's there, um, and then you have this scene, where, the blast doors open, and out steps, Darth Maul, yeah, and, as he steps out, it then, cuts straight into his face, and so you, you have just his, head, shoulders, um, and he's, he's obviously still, caped at this point, he's still got his cowl on, yeah. um, and you've never seen him bareheaded at this point in the movie
0: yeah
1: um, and then just as it cuts into him and he's taking his his cowl off the music ratches up to the maximum and Jeweled Fates hits and I just think it's just a perfect combination of visuals great storytelling on, on behalf of George Lucas at that point but also an amazing piece of using music to underscore how important this bit of the
0: film is. Well, it's it's funny because I think we we've discussed this previously, haven't we? That you're quite a you're an artist, so you're quite visual. You you love the art of Star Wars as do I, to be fair. But I think you're more the kind of that way. Whereas the, the for me, the music of Star Wars makes the film the way the art of Star Wars makes it for you. I think that's that's a, that's a fair thing to say. Yes. Um, yes. And. But this, but this is a coming together of the art yeah. and the music. And that's the thing. Jewel of the Fates is my... If we were to do a top ten list of tracks, which we should do, <laughs> actually. That's for the... Net. There you go. Boom, we're doing that in a couple of weeks. Um, the top ten pieces of music for the for Star Wars. Jewel of the Fates is my favourite piece. Um, I didn't touch on it. which I probably should have done. Um, but that is my favourite piece of music in combination to my favourite scene. And to your point, it really does make the two become one.
1: It does. I, I cannot hear the music without seeing the scene in my head. Yeah. And I cannot I cannot watch the scene without hearing the music. Absolutely. The, the two, I once um, drew that scene. When I first started playing around with drawing and, and what have you, and I, and I drew the scene of... Um, Darth Maul with Qui Gon and Obi Wan, and it, it, to be fair, it's a picture I never completed because I never, I never, in the end, I, I for one reason or another, I just abandoned the picture, and, and I do do that on occasion. <laughs> um, um, but in my head, I always had the the drawing of the picture with the musical score behind it. Yeah, because for me, the two are so so interlinked. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, so that's that's my second choice, although it's not my number two on the list, I think it's my number, my number three. Um, and, and my final one, actually, again this links into music in, in quite a big way. So my number six on the list is when Kanan um, first assembles his lightsaber in Spark for Rebellion Part 2, so the very first, or second episode, I guess, of Rebels. And It's, it's again, it's a combination of how it was done. And the credit here is to Dave Filoni. Because he's done, for me, he's done exactly the same as George Lucas did in Jewel of the Face. So you've got the build-up to this where you've got the Obi-Wan speaking to the Jedi, telling the Jedi, now is not our time, we have to go into hiding, we have to disappear into the crowd our time will come again um the secret will be revealed type of thing um so you've, you've already had that play out and played out fairly recent to this scene of the, mo- of the well i take it as a movie it's a double episode um but then you have the bit where Kanan and the rest of the rebels are trapped behind some crates. The Imperials are closing in. Stormtroopers are laying down. A lot of fire. Obviously not hitting anything because stormtroopers can't hit anything. (laughs) Um, But you've you've got a blanket fire of stormtroopers. And um, Kanan says, okay, we need to enact this plan. And uh, Ezra, who's only just joined them, he's not really aware of, of what's going on, um, he says, oh, well, well, care to let me in on the secret? Are you going to let me tell me what the secret is? Um, and Kanan basically turns to Ezra and just says, kid, I'm about, to let in on the I'm about to let everyone in on the secret. And even talking about it, there's an emotional bit to this because as well, linking into this, we have not seen Star Wars with Jedis following obviously, um, The Purge of Order 66, we're in the period of time where Disney have now taken on Star Wars. They've announced that new films will be coming, but these films are not here yet. So this is our, our, now our new fix of Star Wars, for, for want of a better word. So you've got this point in time where the Jedi are dead, the Jedi are gone, they are no more. And he just turns around to Ezra and says, kid, I'm going to let everyone in on the secret. He stands up, climbs over the crates, and as Mm -hmm. he does so, he starts taking his his disassembled lightsaber and screwing it together, putting it into, because it's in three pieces, and he puts it all together. And, And as he does so, he then starts to slightly sway to avoid the blaster fire that's being directed at him. And then he ignites his lightsaber. And at the same time, you've got the John Williams musical score building up. And for me, again, it's just that fantastic, perfect moment of great visuals, really strong storytelling, and wonderful music all coming together as a crescendo and working. And so for me, yeah, that one really stands out. Despite being an animated cartoon, it is... Just a fantastic moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that scene, that seems an awesome scene to be fair. And you know, the the feeling that there are no Jedi's, there's no hope for, yeah, pun, pun. But then all of a sudden he kind of emerges, screws his lightsaber together, ignites it, and even though you can't see the stormtroopers' faces because obviously they're wearing the helmets, but you can imagine the reaction under there like, what? Um, Yeah you know well you,
1: you've got um, Agent Callus.
0: he just says focus your fire on, on the Jedi that, that's a really cool scene I think that kind of emphasises that you know within both of our top 10s we've got moments from Rebels um, and it, it's a good thing because again kind of harking back to the comment we made earlier on about uh, about Disney you know they're, they're doing things right uh, and they're doing things like this to make it right as well uh, they but, are And I think that just kind of, it it adds emphasis, I should say, to make this decision a hell of a lot harder. You know, you've got four seasons of Rebels, which were 10, 13 episodes long, maybe even longer. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you've got um, six seasons of The Clone Wars that were like 20 episodes long. And then you've got the movies. So picking out a top 10 is very (laughs) difficult if you're, Really embedded into into the, into the walls from a every kind of medium perspective. I mean, you could go into even greater detail and say from the comics, uh, the books, but I think that would be way too way too long. <laughs> what?
1: Well, well, okay, well, I, I did mention that we'd actually asked um, the the Twitter universe for their top ten and. We've had like comments from a number of different um, people that follow us on Twitter. I hate using the term followers, because you're not followers. You're you, you are people with a shared yeah. love and passion of Star Wars. Friends so,
0: followers,
1: yeah. Yes, yeah, friends. Star Wars friends. So, we've, we've had a number of um, friends um, tweet us their top, top ones. And again, it, you just look at it, and... You're not just looking at the movies. People have pulled in novels, people have pulled in um, Rebels. Am I, I'm just having a quick look here. Okay, so the first one, um, IG-88, um, so that's uh, tw- Twitter name is, is at IG-88-L-A-U. Um, and th- number one, Rebels, Twin sons Duel. And his reason is because it reminds me of the old samurai movies and and build up to this long-awaited duel. Um, Second Mm -hmm. one, Rebels again. Twilight of the Apprentice. Um, Third one was A New Hope, the cantina scene, and then the introduction of of the loved scoundrel. I'm assuming you mean Han Solo there. Mm -hmm. Um, Hoth is number four. Um, I'm assuming he means everything to do with Hoth. (laughs) <laughs> um, and then number five is Dagobah uh, with the Jedi training and the introduction of of Yoda with Frank Oz and again it's, it's the fact that he's mentioned Frank Oz so it's not just it's not just the character but it's also the person that plays the character mm. it, it's, it, it, it's hard to, to split the two sometimes
0: yeah um, no I completely agree with that especially when, when you look at some of the characters that, that we know and love like uh, Luke and, and Han you know sometimes it's interchangeable to call them Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford <laughs> oh, yeah. because it's yeah. the personality that they bring it's the personification of the character um, and I think that I know we touched this earlier on but that goes back to the Han Solo movie doesn't it? where people assume and associate Harrison Ford so much with the character that having yes. anyone else play him doesn't make sense um, yeah, yeah I, I think tying that back to the top 10 is is, is fair enough and we've got some more um Kind of friends that have given us some
1: more of the top ten, haven't we? Yes, yes, If we if we got time, I'm aware of that we, we're probably going to become another one of our marathon podcasts. Okay, oh, so if got time, um, <laughs> Justin Ward. So um, Twitter handle is at uh, capital R E D lowercase E Y capital Jedi. So um, that's Red A re-day Jedi. Um, so, here's top three. Han Solo shot first. This scene tells us volumes about who Han Solo is as a character. But
0: did he shoot first?
1: I don't know. It's too and throwing isn't it? Um, second one, Battle of Coruscant. So that will be Revenge of the Sith. Um, to me, this is one of yeah. the finest examples of a massive space warfare. Agree um, that. I agree I, with No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I uh, For me... I think Return of the Jedi, the battle above um, Endor tops it just because it was done first, if that makes sense. And it was done without all the same types of special effects that uh, Revenge of the Sith managed in, in the battle above Coruscant. But I can see why. It is yeah. a, an awesome battle. Um, and then his number three is Kylo Ren stopping a blaster bolt with the Force. And, and then his, his comment to that is, I mean, come on, so cool
0: yeah (laughs) it's funny that was in my top 10 originally but then it got it got shunted down to like 15 because i I, the first time i saw that that um i was in the cinema with my good buddy roger um and we're sitting next to each other and when he did that i literally grabbed his knee and went are you kidding me (laughs) because in all of the cinematic star wars universe uh i'm gonna start calling it that um Vader didn't do that. Yoda didn't do that. Um, <clears throat> all the Jedi we had in the prequel trilogy, none of them did that. Then you've got this young upstart who's basically holding this blaster bolt. And again, I agree, that is an absolutely epic scene. Didn't make it in my top ten, though.
1: Yeah, I know, that's just it. Okay, so <laughs> moving on to the next one. Um, so Lizard king n so that's is twitter is at lazard l a z a r d k i n g n um and they've only provided one and, and it is a, an absolutely fantastic moment um he said seriously i've never felt more excited on a movie than when darth vader's red lightsaber turned on in rogue one um mm-hmm. and he, he does point out the fact that he believes that disney cut most parts of it because it was too violent um I don't I must admit for me that scene that scene's in my top ten. Um, yeah,
0: I think it's,
1: it's mine as well. Yeah, it's it's for me it's it's the first time you ever see on screen why Darth Vader is feared because yeah. you've always had it in all of the movies everybody, you name Darth Vader you wet yourself, oh my god no, 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 not Darth Vader but this is the first time that you ever actually see Darth Vader become a monster yeah so it, just, that's off to you, I agree, that that is an absolutely awesome moment yeah. it, it's funny um, that I didn't, but, I didn't add this into my top 10 because it's from a comic but
0: in the 2016 comic, uh, the Darth Vader run, I think it's the, the Vader down crossover. There are mm-hmm. three, sorry, there are four panels in this comic that emphasise the utter ridiculousness that is Darth Vader. It's he is on a planet and he is surrounded by yes! rebel troopers. <laughs> and they <I've> shout, <laughs> you are surrounded. And he's actually standing there ignites his lightsaber and he says, all I am surrounded by is fear and dead men. (laughs) And I'm like, this is the Vader who is an absolute nutter Uh, (laughs) of a man. Uh, Absolutely brutal. Um, And then we actually saw this in, um, kind of happen and brought to life to a certain extent in Rogue One. I agree That, that that's, that's in my top 10 as well. But that comic book, Scene would have probably been in my top ten if we were going to reach out to that because that's an amazing it is. part of that particular comic run. Um, and it, it, again, going back to the Rogue One scene, it emphasises just how how bad this man actually is.
1: Yes, Even, yeah. All right, I remember that scene from the comic book as well. Yeah. It is a fantastic scene. <clears throat> well, well, well done. Good story, that.
0: Yeah, and um, the artist drew it brilliantly as well. Yes,
1: um, Samara so Ranger, obviously at My Ranger for everybody who already knows her. Um, she split her comments over two tweets. So, um, <laughs> there are so many moments, mostly in a new hope, probably because it was the one for me. So I'm with you there, Mara. I'm exactly the same. Number one for her. I'm assuming it's number one cause it's the first one she puts opening scene after the crawl. That's exactly the same as mine. Um, Next one is the twin sons with Luke looking on. So again, that is still within a new home. It's, it's that moment where he's dreaming of a, of a better future and, and some type of excitement coming into his life. Um, you've got the scene with Leah saving their skins and turning out to be the best princess I've ever witnessed on screen ever. They're Mara's words. <laughs> um, take them as gospel. Um, Second tweet is all R two D two, so anything with R two D two in. Uh, and then she's got the Maul Obi Wan Qui Gon jewel again. Uh, she's got the Obi Wan Anakin jewel from Revenge of the Sith. That, that, that's the in my ground.
0: yeah, great Yeah,
1: um, you've got the Return of the Jedi Luke Vader jewel again. That's in my top ten. Um. Vader and Son in Return of the Jedi. So that that's the final scene where oh, yeah. um, Luke is dragging um, the pretty comatose Vader towards the, the shuttle to try and uh, escape from the Death Star before it blows up. And he his mm-hmm. brother is his brother. His father's slowing him down, obviously, because he's he's more machine than man. Um, Luke, is he's, he's knelt over him, and Vader says. Um, take off my helmet let me see you once mm-hmm. without lenses or something like that let me see you once
0: sorry let me look upon you with my own eyes
1: there you go yeah. um, and to which Luke says no, I can't do that that'll kill you um, and and Vader says well, I'm already dying yeah. um I, yeah that's that's a poignant moment really yeah. is but um that,
0: that's all part of his redemption ultimately it is it, as well. it is yeah
1: um and then empire strikes back luke leia connection in the force so yes that happens a couple of times the, the the big one is at the very end when luke shouts out to leia while whilst he's dangling below bespin uh, or cloud sitting on bespin yeah um and then her final one is the luke leia moment in the last jedi um, um which yeah. to be fair i don't think I don't think... Well, it definitely didn't feature in my top ten from a perspective of the movie itself. Oh, um, right. I could, yeah, I can see... It, it becomes more poignant when you know that Leia is... Well, Carrie Fisher is no dead.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're right there. Um, it's a great scene. I love I love the way that Luke gave her the dice. uh um, yes. Interestingly, that's become quite a big thing in the in the solo movie, uh, which is good. Yes. Um, but it, it's funny, kind of, when you look at the list that I made of the 39, <laughs> ultimately, I think I had one from the last Jedi. If that maybe two? Yeah, I think that was it. It was Kylo Ren doing his best Anakin impression, uh, going all... Oh, yes, with the ship, yeah, yes. yeah, In his TIE silencer. And I think the other one, for me... Uh, was the the battle on in in Snoke's chamber with Rey and Kylo Ren versus the uh, Praetorian Guards? I think that was it. Yes, that, that's
1: very Kill Bill for me that scene.
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: um, m- moving on to the next uh, friend on face on Facebook on um, <laughs> Twitter. Um, so Stormtrooper Pete. So this is at Strm Trooper Pete. Um, and he's actually provided us all 10, which oh, is wow. awesome. Um, so again, opening crawl scene with Leah, R2, Vader on the Tantive IV. That's what started it all. So again, that, that first scene, um, number two, Vader being Vader at the end of rogue one. So again, that moment, mm-hmm. um, Luke and Vader duel both Empire Strikes Back and return of the Jedi. Technically that's two choices, not one. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got Canaan's sacrifice at the end of Rebels. Now, I've not seen Rebels Season 4 yet, so oh. I, I am aware of the fact he dies, um, yeah. but I'm now intrigued as to what his sacrifice is, because oh. I, I don't know the details.
0: Yeah, that's um, an amazing scene. Yeah, that's a really right. good shot.
1: There, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, number five, the Battle of Hoth. Um, again, as so many people have said that, the, the, just the awesomeness of watching... The attacks, storm the base. Yeah,
0: that's um, on mine as well.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, number six, Rey catching the lightsaber and the ensuing battle with the Praetorian Guards. Mm. So again, th- that scene. Um, this is a good one, actually. Number seven, Vader's helmet and first breath from Revenge of the Sith. And I didn't think of that, yeah. Ooh, yeah. The, well, yeah. The, the, yeah. the first time you hear the sound.
0: Wow. Yeah, great shout, great shout.
1: It is. Um, Number eight, Jewel of the Fakes, again, Mm -hmm. it's there. Um, Number nine, seeing the Death Star and the Dish installation in Rogue One. I I can see why. Because Mm -hmm. it it gives you the the sense of scale, because you see these tiny uh, um, Star Destroyers Mm -hmm. drifting past it. Um, And then number ten is the Kenobi Maul fight in Rebels.
0: Yeah, yeah. I that, it, Twin Sons. Yeah, that's the Twin Sons. That that made it on that would have been number eleven on mine. Um <laughs> mainly because, you know, it's more, number one. Um but it's you know, it, the circle is now complete in that particular uh yes. rivalry, as it were. We know yes. how it began, um and it ended in a very clinical way. Um and Obi Wan doing what Obi Wan does best and finishing it off really so yeah no i I really like that scene i didn't like it because maul dies but (laughs) but i liked it from a you know from a storytelling and visual perspective as well i agree
1: i i i I think i've said this before but i honestly think that uh, that maul went there to die because you see the two of them face off and you've obviously got Obi-Wan doing his classic pose with his lightsaber held um, horizontal to the ground, or parallel, sorry, parallel to the ground horizontally. Um, And you've got Maul does this very intricate and complex leaping attack, Mm. but leaves himself completely open for a very simple strike by Obi-Wan. And, yeah, I don't know if Darth Maul actually goes there
0: deliberately to die. Quite possibly. But I think it got, it might also play back to his arrogance that Obi-Wan Kenobi is this old man um, that... He's no threat. Yeah, he's no threat. You know, and again, it's another mistake made by somebody fighting against Obi-Wan Kenobi in a lightsaber role. Black- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I have the higher ground. You know, that, yes. that, that phrase and while he didn't have the higher ground against Maul, he had the advantage that he wasn't as cocky or self-assured as maybe he, he, he was and therefore ultimately paid the price.
1: Possibly. I, I didn't think of it from that perspective. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, moving on. Um, Darth Goku Girl. I uh, Believe me, I, I, there, there's not many left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Darth Goku Girl, um, which is at G- uh, G-O-K-U, Goku Girl, G I R L, um, and she said, uh, the f- "When Darth Vader finally reveals to Luke that he is the father, one of my that was one of my favourite moments from Star Wars, and I, it is, it is."
0: Yeah. No, I am your father. Yeah. Again, I, I I was I I saw Empire Strikes Back as my third Star Wars film, and obviously, Return of the Jedi being my first. I, I never got the whole oh my god moment of that particular scene uh, because I I missed it and knowing the way Return of the Jedi ends um, when I saw it in Empire Strikes Back I didn't have that wow kind of moment Uh, but I can definitely see the value and uh, and obviously get why it's such an iconic scene and you know when, when I introduce people to watch Star Wars and they want to know what order you know we've discussed this before and again this might cause a bit of debate on our Twitter feed but I always recommend you go Four, five, then you go back to the prequels, one, two, three, um, jump forward to Return of the Jedi. That's how you watch the six, um, because you get the moment of Star Wars being the movie that it is. You then get the scene of, oh my God, Darth Vader's is Luke's father, which in pop culture most people know anyway, but nevertheless. Um, <clears throat> but then you use the prequels as like a flashback um, as to how it happened, and then you see his final redemption uh, in, numbers, in in Return of the Jedi that's the way that I so then people get to see and have that wow moment in Empire Strikes Back
1: I, I like that as an order I do like that as an order I would now add in and suggest that Rogue One goes first because that also then gives you the backstory to Vader and gives you some idea of why everybody is so scared of him in the other movies
0: yeah yeah, that's a great show and then obviously you stick on 7 and 8 on the end of it um, yeah Or seven and not worry about eight until nine comes out. Yeah. And all will be made
1: good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. So the next one one is a guy called Sean Marwood. Um, So at S.M. Marwood. Um, So my top three Star Wars moments are Luke Vader on Bespin again. That same scene. Mm. Um, the Hoth assault on the rebel base, again, is appeared there. But a different one this time for his third. The Death Star Trench run from A New Hope.
0: Ah, that's, very, that's very good. Yeah, that's a great shot again. That's an iconic moment in the whole movie. It is. Let's be honest,
1: yeah. It is. It's when Luke finally mm. works out how to use the Force. And it's when Han Solo proves that he's not a scoundrel and he mm. sticks by his friends. No, that's, that's, that's a very good call. Yeah. Very good call. Yeah, i thought call that fun. one. <clears throat> um, and I think there is one more, last but definitely not least, um, Grand Admiral CJ. So her Twitter is at Admiral underscore Siege. Um, and she's put um, top three moments. My three are in films and novels. And she said that even though she's then produced four. Um, <laughs> so number one, um, Empire Strikes Back, when Vader reveals he's Luke's dad again. Yeah. Okay, second one, completely, completely off the wall, this one, nothing that anybody else has said. Heir to the Empire, The Thrawn Novels. Yeah, great books,
0: great books. Sadly, they are. No longer canon, but yeah, yeah, I love that, yeah.
1: No, um, return, uh, return, oh no, sorry, Revenge of the Sith, sorry, when Anakin and Obi Wan duel again. Yep. <sighs> yep, that, that's the one. Great scene, um, and then she's put bonus points, number four, Thrawn in Rebels. Obviously, she's a massive fan of Thrawn, um, mm. and so his reintroduction to Canon by bringing him into Rebels obviously struck a chord with Grand Admiral CJ. Yeah, it's funny, I
0: remember being at Celebration with you. And we went to that Rebels panel, um, and they showed a clip, and it was just his eyes appearing, yes. and then stepping forward into the light to see the blue skin, and the whole crowd just erupted, um, yes, including us. And I thought, yes, that, that again, that's another thing Disney have done right. Uh, <laughs> bring it. Well, Dave Filoni probably, but uh, ultimately, yeah, great show. The introduction of Thrawn into Rebels was was really good. It is.
1: I'm- I think I've caught everybody's comments there um, apologies to anybody that I have missed um, but I'm fairly certain I've managed <laughs> to catch everybody that time
0: and that is a great way I think to to kind of wrap up this week's podcast um, I think again it emphasises the difficulty of trying to figure out your top 10 um, it's 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 <laughs> yeah you know let, let's jump into movies let's jump into the novels let's jump into comics you know um, there we delve into fan-made fiction who knows but <laughs> um, you know there's there's so much content that we can kind of work with and you know this top 10 you know it's interesting because you've got so many similarities of, you know Trench Run uh, the Hoth scene Kylo Ren but then you've got so many different variations of what people take out of them the way we did as well um, and, yeah. I, and I think that just shows that this, this saga is going to keep on giving hopefully for, for quite a while to come as well What
1: well, Things about them is that I, for one, never get bored of going back and will watch them again and again. They're they films that are just well made, great story. If you take it as a whole story from end to end, it is a great story. Um, for, for all of the comments that people may put about the prequel trilogy, it completes the story for me. It's and, and they're well made. The, yeah okay there's there's the odd christian and wooden moment um but on the whole no it's it's yeah. they're good movies and, and i'll quite happily go back and watch them over and over again
0: and the thing is you're you're introducing your children into them as well so the, and obviously the uh, the padawan podcasts are going to continue over the coming weeks as well they will. Um, because I, you know it's, it's really interesting what, <laughs> what william has to say um I'm looking forward to when you bring your other padawan on eventually at some point, just to see. What oh well,
1: well, I had a moment with with my my younger padawan. Um, he went away when we we're talking about um, May the Fourth be with you. Um, my youngest does Cubs, and he's Cub group um did a may the fourth sleepover so he went on friday night and came back on saturday morning <laughs> but they did loads of star wars related things he came back with a lot of stuff he said he's a jedi night <laughs> uh, uh, i would actually say that I, I will decide whether he's a jedi <laughs> um, of course. Of course. <laughs> but i am the master um but um, he watched the last jedi and Neither of my children have seen that movie so far because because I have so much angst over that movie. So, but George went to watch it whilst he was at Cubs, and he came out and he loved it.
0: Oh, have a word. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. We'll have to. um, You'll have to get a special edition podcast then. Um, Once William has seen it as well, get the two of them on together just to get different takes on it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. They they, they might both love it. They'll Uh, they'll grow out of it, it's
1: fine. Um, Yes, yes. (laughs) Superficially, I think he loved it. From from chatting to him afterwards, because obviously I I did listen to him and I did listen to why he said so. But when you actually hear his reasonings, he was pulling out all the stuff that we said was why it was superficially Star Wars. How it old, was the colour it was the fight scene how old is it he? was how bright it was and and the amazing star of battles and but yeah it wasn't the devil of the story
0: yeah well he's how old is he now he's 8 yeah so yeah the kids will pull out different things from different things all the time so yeah no, so again, Ryan
1: Johnson did a movie that appeals to an 8 year old but not necessarily to someone who is informed
0: Well, you know, Star Wars is a way... Well, George Lucas wrote Star Wars for kids, apparently. Um, So he's hit a note of some description, but nevertheless. Uh, (laughs) And on that bombshell, I think that's a good one to kind of wrap up. So it's been um, a wonderful podcast, guys. Don't forget, we are the Jedi Council. Uh, We are here to talk about everything and anything Star Wars. You can catch us on www.the-jedi-council.com, that's our website. That's where you can find our top 10 lists of everything that we've discussed today. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Um, We've got wonderful friends that interact with us on a regular basis and we'd like to add some more. So, you know, forward the word, we are who we are. Dave, final words from yourself on on everything we've discussed today. Oh,
1: God. Um, Star Wars is bigger than a top 10.
0: Oh, can we get that hashtag trending? That's brilliant. I like that. Oh. Yeah, and that that could actually be the uh, title of our podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> well Good done. Good call. I like that. Brilliant. Anything else?
1: No, no, that's it. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I think this might be on record our longest podcast.
0: Uh. Maybe, maybe not We'll see (laughs) Maybe I can do some editing No (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant So yes guys Don't forget uh, Listen to us We're on SoundCloud We're on iTunes Uh, Find our podcast Listen to the backlog Uh, we've, We've got a hell of a lot to say And hopefully We'll have a hell of a lot more To say in the future as well And All the best Thank you very much for listening And remember May the force be with you Remember
1: The force will be with you Always